on for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mint. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're going to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. And thanks for joining us here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, This is what you're going to hear, bottom of the hour. Uh, or thereabouts, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic, looking back at the uh, Illinois uh, game from the over the weekend, ahead to Nebraska with Doc. That'll be about 10.30. Off to Vegas, we will go with Native Iowan. And now VP of Ops uh, with the uh, folks at Circa, Mike Palm, will join us uh, at about a little 10.50. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around another eventful weekend in college football before Michael Swain from Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports comes in. Here's our final guest. Oh. Well, didn't include Mr. Monday Night in the equation, uh, as he will join us on the Buccaneers and the Giants. The Buccaneers, about an 11, 12-point favorite somewhere in that vicinity. Lots of football to recap. Hawks win, clones lose, NFL was crazy. Yes, boy, that Packers-Vikings game might have been the best. Eh, not the best. Certainly is entertaining a game. As I watched uh, all season long, but uh, lots of football, Trent. We're coming down to the final few days of the college football season. Yeah, feeling good as we uh, make our way through here. And, and football season is always see, sad to see it go as it starts to dissipate here. But uh, this is what it's all about. Football season, mm-hmm. rivalry week, a, a fun one. Thanksgiving, it's all perfect. You love your American Thanksgiving. I do. My favorite day of the year. And uh, now we get it with pretty big one on tap for Iowa on Friday. Yeah, I'll say. Possibility with a win to put themselves selves in position to get to Indianapolis and the question remains how this team does it sure don't feel like it looked like a 9-2 team to me but you are what your record says you are Bill Parcell said it and it's exactly right it's a 9-2 football team that at times does not feel like a 9-2 football team yeah that's all right yeah I know when I look at ESPN.com or wherever, that's what it says that they are. So that's what they must be. Uh, but they're a dog in Lincoln this week. We'll get Sipple on there at some point this week for you uh, Husker fans out there. Chicken Coop sponsor Sip, he'll join us. But, um, yeah, it's a big spot. Were you surprised when the point spread came out? I think Circa opened it at four, very quickly went to three and a half. Not sure where it is this morning, but did the line surprise you? It did. All the look-ahead lines this summer was Iowa laying between four and a half and six and a half and every one of those this summer I grabbed because you knew I liked Nebraska coming into the mm-hmm. year so I grabbed the points and then I saw a look ahead line on I think it was Friday DraftKings had it as a pick em. Mm-hmm. like okay probably about right about what it's going to be and then yeah when I saw it was over a field goal and that, that four number from Circa that one really opened my eyes that was more it than I was three and a half now currently three yep. and a half yep. so there's been a little bit of Iowa buyback at the very least but yeah, that surprised me just because, well, one team is 9-2. and two, right. The other team sits at 3-8. and eight, yeah. And as good as Nebraska has been mm-hmm. between the 20s, yep. 
There's something about that team finding ways to lose. And it happened again this week, mm-hmm. and it was pass interference. But you know what? That's the last play of the game. You're not going to get many of those no. called very often. Uh, Frost went uh, crazy. Mm-hmm. I get it. But uh, anyways. Uh, so let's start with Iowa. Then we'll get into Iowa State. Scott Dockerman will pick up on Iowa. So let's do a few minutes on the Hawks and their win. Boy, you look at the box score, Trent, and you think, my God, they got to switch quarterbacks. What were they thinking here? Why are you guys in love with Padilla? Mm-hmm. He stinks. I mean, for God's sakes, how many yards did he throw for you? That's not a, that's not a college quarterback. But when you factor everything into a Trent, um, his receivers did him no favors. Six of seventeen. He was clearly, I don't know, how many you want to, how many you want to count? I counted five. I counted six. Okay. I uh, watched it again talking last night. Talking drops is what we're talking. Yeah, yeah. and I counted six. Now one of them. There's only one. The Goodson one where he threw the, it too quick. Yes, or too the, hard. Yep. The yeah. Goodson one I think is one that you can say, all right, that mm-hmm. that's that, more on the quarterback yeah. than it is the receiver. But the other five. Yeah, I'm with you. Catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Catch the ball. Was there more velocity? Do you need a little bit more touch in those you know, crossing routes and the thing? You can make that argument. One theory, though, that I think maybe makes sense, but he is a short quarterback. Yeah. He's listed shorter as, than he's, his predecessor. He's listed 6'1", and he's not 6'1". I mean, that, that guy's probably 5'11". Regardless, yeah. he's not tall for a quarterback. And instead of the ball kind of coming out over the offensive line, mm-hmm. it's coming through at times. You know, the, mm-hmm. the gaps yep. are coming through yep. there. Maybe a little bit more difficult to pick up. So there's at least a theory of why we saw the gotcha. drops increase, yeah. but Tyron Tracy's had drops all year long. Yeah, Regani. Keegan, Keegan's had drops all year long. Yeah. Regani's had drops all year long. So this is not simply new quarterback, different throwing motion, mm-hmm. maybe it knuckles a little bit more, whatever it is, you got to catch these footballs. Yep, you do. And if you more. just look at the numbers, say, oh, Padilla, time to go back to Petrus. I don't know what you're watching. Because there were so many plays in that game where Petrus is dead. He's not able to get mm-hmm. outside the pocket. Nope. The, the play where he's sliding out to his right and the guy basically overruns him. I mean, he didn't even make a move on the guy and got free. <laughs> Spencer Petrus, A, doesn't even get outside the pocket there. Right. And B, if he is outside the pocket, he's killed. I mean, he's absolutely crunched. Padilla can do so many things. The offense can still do so much more. The running game finally gets going. And I think a part of that is not the running of Padilla, but the ability mm-hmm. to move around. It's as simple as that. I don't think it's close. Yet, you continue to hear, time to go back to Petrus. We'll, we'll see what they do on uh, on Friday. I think it's got to be Padilla. Look, you mentioned the running game, Trent. That maybe was uh, offensively was uh, my highlight of watching that game was mm-hmm. the fact how hard Goodson ran the ball. Likewise with Williams. I yeah. think they might have something there. You have to be encouraged. We know that the two freshmen, uh, whether it be Bruce or Keegan Johnson, they've clearly got something there. Boy, they, what they don't have uh, or won't have much longer is that it's sold 65 right. in the middle of that line. Trent, there are times that I don't watch anything else but him. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if I can say that very often, you know, watching football game where you're key. You're not watching the quarterback. You're not watching the running back. Not the watching receiver. the ball. You're right. You're watching the center because he just mauls dudes. Mm-hmm. And plays to the echo of the whistle, and I'm good with that. Yes, he's nasty. He's mm-hmm. mean. And he has been since day one. Yeah. I remember you and I having this conversation very early in his career about this nasty SOB who's playing center. <laughs> right. He's excellent. He really is and has been since he set foot on the field. And the ability of the offense to go away from the zone play a lot more. Yeah. And just go ISO. No question. And we're just going dive plays yep. right behind our All-American center. There's a credit. Yes, mm-hmm. I can give it to Brian Ferris. Well, well it took necessary. a while. Yeah. 
<laughs> took, what, basically seven weeks? Uh-huh. Took back-to-back losses to Purdue and Wisconsin to get here, and here they yep. are. The offense looks so much better, even with the ineptitude that there was at times on Saturday. It is such a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. compared to where they were with Peters back in there in those back-to-back losses. Yeah, it was great against Maryland. That was great second quarter. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. But over the course of the season, Alex Padilla is the better quarterback for where they are. Uh, how big of a play was Charlie Jones' kick return? I mean, it's 10-zip, right? Yeah. And uh, looked like it was almost over. Oh, my gosh. It did not have the look, but that completely flipped the game. Did you see there was a quote last week that he still hasn't made up his mind regarding next year? Right. He can come back next year. He's got another year of eligibility. And there was somebody else that was in this. Was it Riley Moss? Riley Moss is the other, yep. What do you think? I mean, you want him, clearly. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to watch those two guys for another season. But did Moss's, and not that they couldn't do it, was, was, um, I know Riley Moss's parents were, were Jones's, did he take part in season? He did, yeah. He did go through the ceremonies and everything, but that ability's still there. Yeah. And do they look around and say, let's give it another shot, especially Mm -hmm. if you go 10-2, but you fall short. Wisconsin beats Minnesota. You don't get to Indianapolis. But Trent, I thought Nebraska was going to beat them. Uh, I did too. I really did watch them I mean, in Nebraska. You know that ultimately the opening kickoff just oh god right away yes down seven nothing right. yeah just typical right and then you know as we as we mentioned earlier the last play of the game that was clearly pass interference but you, you can't count on that at that time with with that a few seconds left on the clock. I was listening to the radio call at the time. I was in the garage doing a couple of things and. Uh, listening to Greg Sharp of the mm, Nebraska yeah. Radio Network, who yeah. I really like. I think yeah. he does a great job. Did I've... he cross the line? Might there be a suspension coming? <laughs> no, no, I don't think there'll be a suspension, but apoplectic after that yeah. one, as you could imagine. And uh, the disappointment. And there's uh, there's kind of like the red zone radio, if you will, for college football. Now, where do you find that? You said that earlier this year. It's through, it used to be through TuneIn Radio, which is an oh, app. So it's have. not like one of the uh, serious stations. They have that. They yeah. do. It's on Sirius, uh, and it's also, you can get it on an app through, I think Learfield has, it's called the Varsity Network yeah, now. Yeah, I've heard of the Varsity Network. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it is. It's through there. I think it's just called College Football Blitz. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. If you're ever away from your TV doing something like me, you're in the garage and getting some stuff done. It is absolutely perfect. Heard the end of the UAB-UTSA game. Yeah, you and Bam were all over oh, it was, and, and the call there was awesome, too. So I love radio. Of course, I like radio. Yeah. Here we are. I like play-by-play on the radio. And that channel, it is absolutely awesome. So if you got the app, and I know if Hawkeye and Cyclone fans probably have it, because you can hear the mm-hmm. Iowa, Iowa State radio calls through that, you're looking for something, and I know a lot of people are going to be doing a lot of driving this weekend. It's true. That's one to have downloaded and ready to go for the weekend. You know, and it couldn't work any. Selfishly, uh, I'm so glad that both schools are playing on Friday. I mean, good God. Michigan-Ohio State on, uh-huh. on Saturday to start things off. I mean, and then Bedlam to cap things off. Iron Bowl in between. Oh, it's going to be great, Trent. It's going to be just a wonder. You know, melancholy, right? It's yeah. the, You hate to see it, but it happens every year. Uh, but boy, oh boy, it's going to go out potentially with uh, um, with a bang. So, just real quick before we get to Iowa State, I want to talk about um, the, the state championship. You were oh, yeah, there. You and yeah. Joe Stacy had it. That was a fun game to watch. It really was. Uh, Southeast Polk. Um, you know, they deserve to win the football game. Yeah, right? they deserve. And how about our buddy Brad Bunting with a white cap on? So I, I'm of course calling the game with Stacy yeah. and having a good time. And all of a sudden they go down, and I look up at the video screen at the Unidome and. 
Hey, it's my buddy Brad. Yeah, Brad Bunting. There. I hadn't. I usually do, especially at the dome where they, you know, give you the rundown of the officials. Yeah. And for whatever reason, just hadn't clicked through that. And look, Brad Bunting, and I named his whole crew there. Did a little bit different than the Texas Tech radio crew when I was yeah. announcing the officials that were out there. But I thought his crew did a really I did good job. Too. I had. Uh, it was great to see, and, and good for, and good for Bunting for getting. Now, when we were doing our show in Indianola, because mm-hmm. that's where he lives. Yep. He would stop by his studios like two, three times a week and just sit there with yeah. us. And I haven't seen him since. Oh, really? I haven't seen him since the late nights. Dude's put on some weight. We all have, right? But good for him for getting, for getting that gig. A uh, couple of guys from Ankeny. Uh, the McCulloch kid, the receiver? Yes. Where's he going to school? Uh, he just committed over the weekend. He took an official visit for the UNI finale, and he'll be a Panther. Trent, he's good. He's really good. And the one thing starting, and he's played now the last couple of years, is, of course, he was overshadowed last year when he had oh, sure. uh, Brody Brack down right, one side right, and the right. other side you had Arlen Bruce. But you wonder. He's 6'4". Uh-huh. Well, let me stop you for a second. Do you know who his dad is? No. So I'm not sure I do either. Is why I asked you. Because there's a dentist that I went to forever. There's two dentists, okay. McCullough Brothers. All right. One of them sadly passed away, got cancer. He was taking way too young. Oh, really? And... And they're both big dudes, mm-hmm. so I'm wondering. And they're Ankeny guys, yeah. So I'm wondering if, if some kind of connection yeah, there, family if, connection, right? He's big too, six four. Yes. And I always thought because I think he had a preferred walk on opportunity both at Iowa and Iowa State. I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I thought I'd heard that in passing. Regardless, you build him into a tight end. Yeah. With that frame, he's six four, two ten already. Mm-hmm. Get that dude up. He really, to me, kind of looked like the T.J. Hawkinson starter kit. Oh, okay. I remember. We were doing a show at the time at Mediacom, a high school football show in Hawkinson's last year, and we're getting these highlights, and it just, that dude, that that dude, with his physical ability, you could see he was going to build into, now Hawkinson was a little bit bigger, and he played tight end, small school, mm-hmm. kind of different circumstances there, but he has that kind of look, that he's, he's that kind of guy that you can build into a tight end. I don't know what the plan's going to be for you and I, if that's their plan, mm-hmm. or if they're going to keep him at wide receiver. But regardless, yeah, congratulations, too. Got the scholarship offer. Yeah, good for him. Going to be a Panther as the Panthers sneak into the playoffs, too. Yeah, how about that at 6-5? and five? Good for them. Yes. I mean, it's uh, off they go to the red carpet. I didn't even watch. I watch the selection show seemingly every year. Well, we talked about it on Friday, and I asked you the question, Trends, is there any way do they have a prayer? And you said, well, it's needed, needed a lot. And right, they got a lot. Got Last it. team in. Yeah, and now you get a trip out to the red carpet huh. at Jimmy B's alma mater, Eastern <laughs> Washington. Uh, well, congratulations to Southeast Polk. We'll finish where we started on the high school stuff. Congratulations to SCP, entertaining game, the rematch from uh, last year. So now they're one and one, but uh, pretty cool story. Pretty good game. Uh, good to see the state culminating like that. Another championship belongs in Central Iowa as Southeast Polk gets that one. All right, so. Uh, and Brady McCullough's dad, yes, is the dentist, thanks to the color. Is there. he? Yes. Okay. Said yes, that he is the dentist up there. Yeah. So you had the connection. Look at you, and you're flaunting your ankle Well, because Greg McCullough, he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, so I could see where Brady got his height. Makes uh, sense. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so Iowa State, Trent, um, look... They're they're close, right? Mm-hmm. This was a, this was a a good football game, entertaining football game. Charlie Kohler, my God, is he uh, is he a handful? Um, they take away Brees Hall from trying to run the football as teams have been able to do. Look, Trent. The bottom line is the offensive line was way overrated. This is a liability. Uh, you can't sugarcoat it. You can't paint it any other way. Um, the offensive line for Iowa State is not good. 
not good, and um, proved it again. I don't think the first blow that Purdy took was targeting. I do think where he got, I think this is where he got banged up in the third quarter when they went for it on fourth down. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the linebacker jumped and he was offside prior to that. Uh, But I thought that, um, that that was could have been targeting if there was going to be anything. But look, it's just another one of those um, unfortunate, when you look back at this season, just kind of fits into the puzzle. Um, All the expectations, none of them will be fulfilled. When we look back at this season and the disappointment that it turned out to be, even with a win against TCU 7-5, and is not where any, any Cyclone fan thought this team was going to be this season. It's a disappointment, and it's okay to say that. Mm Mm-hmm. Where do you point? Where does the disappointment, more than anything, point to? The defense not being able to get enough stops. The offensive line just not good enough throughout the whole season. Mm. Where would you never could find a second receiver? Now that's clearly an issue. But you also got a great tight end. <clears throat> yeah, you so do. Yeah. I, I would put that a you little know, bit lower. That's a good question. I think, I think it's offensive I line think it for is me. too. Yeah. Look, they've got the, and I know we hear this a lot, the best they got the best kicker they've ever had in the history of Iowa State football. Certainly of recent history. No, yeah, I mean, look, at I, I, I missed the 70s, missed the 80s, <laughs> right. so there might have been one. Um, this this is not even close. Over the last quarter century, right. it's easy to say yes. This, and you can say Troy Davis, Brees Hall. You, you want to have that debate, fine. There's, there's no debate with Charlie Kohler. Uh, Brock Purdy has all the records at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um it's got to be the offensive line. Yeah. Look, the defense is, is Mike Rose player's best game of the year. He I was thought, excellent. Yeah. I thought it was his best game of the year uh, this past week. Will McDonald sets a, a team sack record. Wazirike. Wazirike is really coming on, and he's going to have an opportunity to play at the next level. Um, their secondary was better this week than it had been. Not a real high bar. No, it hadn't been. That That's true. Uh, boy, have they ever figured out Williams, the Oklahoma quarterback, right? This kid was Heisman. He was getting to get some Heisman votes after a second or third game. What has happened to him? They held Oklahoma's passing down 100 yards. And really, Kennedy Brooks had a couple of runs. Mm-hmm. But the big run that killed him was the Williams quarterback run, right? right the the yeah. scramble when that broke down. I think that was their first score of the game. Here's what I here's and I'm not about to, I'm not going to troll. I know when you say this you're you're about to troll or it's it's not about the money. Well, it's always about the money. This isn't trolling. But I truly believe uh that Matt Campbell is going to have a very difficult decision to make this year. And here's why I say it. This class is gone. Mm-hmm. These kids I mean, you, if you if you watch the game, you saw Matt Campbell and, and Brock Purdy sharing a bench, just those two. Just those two, patting them on the head. I've been told this from numerous people, Chris Williams being one of them, who's got a pretty good idea what's going on Absolutely. And regardless if it's an Iowa State thing or fill-in-the-blank thing, he's never seen, and I've heard this again from a number of people, a coach-player relationship. This You just never see it this close. Sure. It's like a father-son legitimately. Brock Purdy's gone. Brees Hall is gone. Charlie Kohler is gone. Xavier Hutchinson is gone. Mike Rose is gone. Wazirike is gone. Uh, Greg Eisworth is gone. Greatest kicker in school history is gone. Trent, I, I saw after the game that the future's bright. No, it's not. Not compared to what you've had. No, it's not bright next year. In fact, you, 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 you know you Cyclone fans, when you used to... Uh, a field goal, a game-winning field goal, and you, you kind of put your hands over your eyes and you spread them apart, your fingers a little bit, because you want to look and you don't want to look. Don't look at this roster. It might get back to being good in a couple of years. Next year's going to be an unmitigated disaster, unless 
They can mine the transfer portal, mm-hmm. which is clearly an option. But, I mean, your best offensive player returning, and it's not even close. And sadly, it's a huge gap between one and two. Jalen Nolan, then who? Uh, Trevor Downing? No. Uh, Trent, the offensive line is Jir- awful. Jirel Brock, who yeah. we don't know if he can even be a full-time Look, and guy. I thought he was going to be a good player. And he might be. I, he, yeah, I just, at this point, I don't see it. Yeah. Um, Xavier Hutchinson's gone. Those receivers that are left, please. Mm-hmm. Tight please. end? What are you excited about there? Yeah, nothing. Is the Easton answer. Dean? No. No. Nothing. Uh, now go, now switch the, the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plus, you got to place your kicker, Mevis. Because he didn't play last year. So he's played four years of college football. He doesn't get a free year, does he? I, I don't sure think he does because okay. he took two thousand. I mean, his, his Fordham didn't play. Mm-hmm. So, I, so he's played four years of college football. I don't think he can come back. Maybe because they didn't play, though, maybe. I don't, I don't know. What well, and I don't know if he wants to come back because I think, I think both of the college kickers in our state are going to have an opportunity to the kick in the NFL. It's a tough job. It is a There's tough job. There's only 32 of them. That's true. And I think Shudik's a lock. A lock? Eh, mm, I wouldn't go that far. I think he's a lock. I think he's going to kick at the next level. And this kid, Mevis, is really good. Yes. Um, but back to back to Matt Campbell for a second. He's going to have he's going to have opportunities. Yes. His conference, as he knows it, it's going to change. Maybe not next year, but in this in the foreseeable future. So if you're Matt Campbell. And you're seven and five, mm-hmm. and your stock maybe isn't as high as it was after last year. What does three and nine, four and eight do to you next year? Are there, is the phone still going to be ringing? Not at the same level. Not at the same level. And the way that the jobs have opened this year, and it's it big hasn't time ended. jobs, and the trickle down effect that's going to happen. A lot of buzz. James yep. Franklin, of course, USC. Maybe that had slowed down, yep. but then now Florida's starting to bounce up because he's going to recruit more than anything. That's what Florida's looking mm-hmm. for. There aren't those easy Bruce big Feldman's names that are out there. Bruce keeps mentioning Washington. Yes. I don't get it. You know where I think is legit? And potentially, if there's an NFL gig that moves his needle, mm-hmm. what's the team you root for? The Bears? They need a coach. <laughs> They're going to need a coach. Because they don't got one on the sideline right no, now. No, they don't. And I don't know if Campbell's an NFL guy or a college guy. My point being, and I'm not trolling, if there's ever a time to leave, mm-hmm. it's when this class walks out the door. Yep. This is historic, whether your record's historic or not. And it's not. But it could have been. Uh, but it didn't get to that point. With all these kids going, and knowing that next year's probably... I mean, I don't know. Could they get the six wins? If I had to bet today, I'd say no. Not knowing what they're going to get from the transfer portal. If indeed they, that's the way they go. Not trolling, folks. I think this is a legitimate clip and save. Buckle up, Cyclone fans, for this next couple of weeks. The trickle-down effect is going to be major. And then, uh-huh. you know, Harbaugh, does he go back to the NFL? Penn State, does that open if Franklin leaves? And mm-hmm. on and on and on. There's so many different dominoes that still have to fall. Yep. And they're just, this carousel, it feels so much different where, all right, this guy will go here, this guy will go here. You can connect the dots. Try to connect all these dots right now without even the trickle-down effect of people leaving jobs. And there just aren't that many people right. out there. Name a hot coordinator. There's mm. usually a half dozen. There's not this no. year. This cycle does not have the same level of those kind of coordinators that take different jobs. And because of that, they're going to be looking at head coaches. They're going to be looking at people that have the pedigree. Mm-hmm. And Matt Campbell has the pedigree. Yes, he does. Even in a disappointing year, mm-hmm. there's still going to be athletic directors that are going to look at that, look at what he's done at Iowa State. And remember, we're talking about 
one of the worst Power 5 programs yep. in history. Yep. And what he has done, and he got them to a Big 12 championship. He did. He did all these things. They're still on the resume. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he is still going to be a name, even in a disappointing year, that athletic directors are going to want. All right, let's take a couple of calls. We've got to clear them out quickly. Uh, we do want to stay as close as we can as on schedule. Scott Dockerman coming up in a moment. Uh, but we will take two or three phone calls. Jeff leads things off. Jeff, we're going to keep you to like a minute, so use it wisely. All right, Ken, I, I disagree with you. Here's the deal. We're talking about wins and losses. Campbell doesn't care about wins and losses. So it doesn't matter who's coming back next year. It's about togetherness. It's about uh, building young. Now, are it's are about, you trolling? No, I'm not trolling. I'm, being, I'm, I'm, I'm taking what he has said, yeah, and, I, said. And, I'm going, and I'm going with that. So it doesn't matter if it's a bunch of freshmen or sophomore. It's not about winning the Big 12 championship. It's not about... Getting to don't you want to coach know, where I, it is though? Don't you want to coach that that does have that? No, I, no, because no, he said I, that I, when I, he came in. You know what I mean? No, no. he said that he in 2016 that, that the he, goal is to he, win the Big 12 championship. He, I understand that. What I, I'm just what he's been saying lately. I'm going with that. Mm-hmm. So he's had all the talent in the world this year. Mm-hmm. No excuses. Offensive line, quarter. It does not matter. They're six and four. So if it's really not about five, or right? losing, yeah. whatever it is, they're not going to – the expectations are, are low. Yeah. And we're talking about – we're back here. You know, I'm listening. You can say, well, they did a good job this week. It's crazy because when the season started, we weren't looking for good jobs or Jeff, them on their butt. Let me, we let me interrupt for, you. Let me interrupt you. I hope he stays. I, it's better for us when Iowa State's good. Iowa State's good when Matt Campbell's here. I hope you keep him forever. I truly do. I believe he's going to have a decision to make. Jeff, I got to cut you short. I got to move on. I got to uh, clear these out here. Uh, Ryan, you're up. Ryan, welcome to the program. Uh, a couple things, real quick. Just on Iowa, even with only 86 yards passing, I believe they only punted three times. Uh, you know, and one of them was at least a drop on third down. But running the ball was key on that. But going to your kicker thing and him with the NFL, I was talking to my son about that because we're actually Saints and Cowboys fans at our house. Yeah. And with the kick, Mahar they brought in, that's the fourth or fifth kicker the Saints have had this year, and yeah. he missed his first extra point. So they're going to be on number six probably Thursday. <laughs> and the difference is between the past Iowa kickers, they've been very accurate. But the guy now does have the leg. No question. you got to be able to hit the long field goal or at least attempt him, and he'll get a shot. I agree with you. Ryan, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. John is next. John, welcome to the program. John, what's on your mind? Very interesting um, thing about the Matt Campbell decision. And I I agree he won't have a decision. He'll have probably several of them. But I think he'll stay because I do believe that, number one, I think he's all about process and he's all about teaching and coaching. And I don't think he's all about the bright lights in the big city. Mm -hmm. And, And... and the reason why, I mean, he could coach at Iowa State for 20 years, literally. Mm-hmm. He could be there forever, have a, have a, you know, a really good run every few years. Obviously, these things are cyclical, and I think the AD and the fan base would be fine with that. As soon as he steps out of that pool and into a different one, he is on a clock to get fired. There is no doubt. If you're at Penn State, if you're at USC, if you're at any of those major programs, you are just there until you get fired. And and at Iowa State, he's not. So I think he. I think he. I'm going to take him at his word that that Ames is the kind of place he wants to be for a long time. Raises kids. Yeah, that's good enough for me. All right, John. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Look, he he's going to have a decision. That that's all I'm saying. I think that this is going to be as uh, as difficult. A two weeks following the regular season or whatever it was, maybe it's an NFL job, maybe he's waiting for Black Monday to roll around mm-hmm. and it's going to be a week later when 
I don't know, half a dozen coaches walk the plank. Look, I know Denver's is going to walk the plank. I know your coach Trent's <laughs> going to walk the plank. There's going to be a bunch of them. Maybe it's an NFL job. It wasn't the Lions. I don't blame him. But he wasn't going to leave for the Lions when all these kids were coming back anyways. They're not coming back. And Mel Tucker just got a $95 million yes. contract. He's 16 and 14. Right. He's 16 and 14. And Dan Mullen 14. got fired, but he's going to walk out the door with $10 million in his pocket. And Iowa State, with the impending changes of what the Big 12 is going to look at. That's just it. What kind of money can they right. improve the offer that they already have? If other teams are sniffing mm-hmm. around, it's just not there. And I love the fact, Trent, they made chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. Now, it's not Oklahoma and it's not Texas, mm-hmm. but Cincinnati's a pretty good program yes. in football. And BYU. So is BYU, mm-hmm. right? And UCF. And UCF can move the needle. They bring mm-hmm. in that the, the state of Florida. They did. They did really well considering. Yes, but but it's not the Big Twelve as we know it. He's going to have a decision. These kids are leaving. He's staring down the barrel. And I don't know if he's you know sees reality. He's a different cat that we know. That we know. But boy, it sure looks to me like three and nine, four and eight is way more likely than six and six, seven and five next year. Next year, he may get it back. You look at that remaining roster. You tell me where I'm wrong. Jalen Knoll, and then who on offense? Go to the defensive side of the ball. I like some of the young kids. McDonald, Frailer, mm-hmm. uh, Purchase. Um, oh, I'm sure I'm missing a couple of young kids uh, that that, are, that look like they're going to be players. But man, oh man. 10.30, we're late. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Love these Scott Dockerman bumps. <laughs> it's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's get to our friend Scott Dockerman. He joins us. Doc Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. Uh, let's recap before we look ahead to Friday, Black Friday, Nebraska three and a half point favored over the nine and two Hawkeyes. I say nine and two Hawkeyes, uh, Doc, and I know that's what the record says they are. It's just, you know, you look at this team and I don't see nine and two with it, yet they are, and they're very much, they need help, but uh, still alive for that Big Ten West championship. Uh, your thoughts on what you saw against Illinois, Doc? Uh, you know, other than um, one drive, I mean, really, they dominated that game. Uh, you know, their, their passing game wasn't great. Their running game was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense played really well. I mean, I think in some ways we're skewed by what we by the team that you think of it as a number two team in the country. It it really wasn't that, uh, but it's a pretty good team. And nine and two tells me a lot about this program and. You know, we're looking three weeks ago after back-to-back losses that, oh, my, this team could be headed in the, in the dumpster, and it's won three straight. So in some ways, uh, you know, I think you, you try to take the the uh, the high-flying offense part of it out of it because yeah. it doesn't have that element. And 9-2, and two, that's exactly where you want to be um, at this point. 9-2 and two, and quarterback still remains a question. Drops were a huge part of the conversation there's no chance they're going to trap Petrus out on Friday, is there? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess right now I'd say no. Uh, they kind of made that definitive as far as that it's uh, Alex Padilla. They're going to ride him out. I mean, you know, even though he, he didn't play real well, certainly the receivers did not play well. I counted 
counting uh, Alex Padilla, the ball hitting his hands on that reverse pass, there were seven passes you could classify as drops, and I would say probably three of them were absolute legitimate drops, Mm -hmm. and three to four of them were, um, you know, maybe a little too hard or there was a hard hit or something like that. But, uh, you know, the receivers have got to help him out too. Mm -hmm. You can't can't throw it and catch it himself. So I think uh, passing game, wasn't wasn't great, but they were able to, to run the ball the way they wanted to. A lot of inside zone, a lot of following the, the best player on the team, and that's Tyler Linderbaum. So they did what they had to do to win a game against an opponent that had already won road games at Penn State and Minnesota and beat Nebraska at home. So I think it was a, a quality win uh, to win by 10 points. You know, Doc is really starting to catch my eye. Uh, it means it's easy to watch the defense and see the linebackers in the secondary. But Logan Lee's a guy to me who's really starting to come on. Um, when you when you when you when you talk to Phil Parker about about Logan Lee or the, or anybody on the uh, that coaches defense, what do they think his his ceiling is? Well, I think now that he's been healthy all year, or at least healthy enough to play, I think you. You've got to like what you see. I mean, he came to Iowa as a tight end, and then they flipped him over to defensive end, and now moved him inside. And he's been a you know really quality player in a position where they lost three guys that have rotated last year. Uh, Davion Nixon being the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, and it's kind of solidified that him and, and Noah Shannon their their work been like. And uh, I think Logan Lee's got high upside. He's got probably the biggest hands of anybody I've seen on the team, and uh, just a huge body guy. And I, I think he's got a real high upside, and so do they. So, uh, you know, that's the one thing about this defensive line. Right now, you know, they don't necessarily don't have anybody that you could say, yeah, that's a first team all Big Ten guy. Mm-hmm. But I think in two years they will. I think there's a lot of guys on this team that that have that potential. It's just a matter of growth and and getting better game by game. So it's Nebraska on Black Friday once again. The Cornhuskers couldn't help the Hawks out in upsetting at Wisconsin on Saturday. But this is a Nebraska team, though three and eight. Certainly, the record doesn't tell the whole story. Doc, what concerns you most from an Iowa perspective when you look at this Nebraska team? You know, there there are a lot of areas. I think offensively, you know that they're going to cover a lot of real estate in, in both passing and running attack. Now, now Wisconsin was able to slow them down in the running game, and they really are more by committee. They're down to like their fourth and fifth running back. But I think what uh, Adrian Martinez is able to do with the ball in his hands when he's playing at a high level. Last year, I believe he was 18 to 20 in Iowa City, and it was a very close game. They've got some pretty talented wide receivers if they play, uh, you know, well. And Tomari Toure is, is probably as good as they faced in a few weeks. And, and same thing with Omar Manning is a talented guy, and they got a really good tight end in Austin Allen. So, uh, and that defense is, is competitive. So th- there are a lot of elements to this game. I don't. I think uh, they could. They've been in every game this year, so the, this is a, a game where you expect them to be, um, you know, come out with their best shot based on what they did against uh, against Wisconsin. I thought that team was going to be dead team walking. It was yeah. exactly the opposite. So you got to expect a really com- uh, high caliber effort from them. And it's their last game of the year, Doc. It's a rivalry game, air quote rivalry game with their trophy game. I think that's why you're going to get Nebraska's best shot in this thing. You know, just in recapping this with you, Doc, you know who seemingly, uh, is Oliver Martin lost his spot or is, do you know if he's hurt? Because he was a much bigger factor in the offensive game plans earlier. I wonder if he's been bypassed again. Do you know? Well, I can tell you this, that, you know, there are, what, five other receivers or tight ends that have more catches than he does. I mean, he's 
got 10 balls for 170 yards, but uh, they've got some talent there mm-hmm. um, at that position. You know, I would say Ture and Manning are, are really yep. talented players. So, I, you know, whether or not he's lost his position just as a plane as much, I don't know that yet. Uh, you know, that's it's still pretty early in the week. To, yep. I'm trying to dive in as fast as I can. And, uh, but so, you know, he's, he's kind of been, He's kind of been in that position at now at two other schools and, and now at Nebraska. So I don't know the, the whole story yet, but um, but you know he's he's obviously a name for a lot of people around here. No doubt about it. Scott Dockerman, Doc, uh, to you and yours, happy Thanksgiving. We'll read your stuff all week at the Athletic as we always do, and we'll talk to you a week from today. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. All right, have a good one, guys. Thank you, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Uh, as we come to a timeout, we'll come back. Off to Vegas, we'll go. Mike Palm from Circa joins us next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Bets off. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Take you up until noon. Let's get to our friend Mike Palm, Circus Sports, VP of Ops, Mike Trenton Ken. Thanks for coming on, Mike Palm. How are you? Good morning, fellas. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. And you guys are about to get crazy, I have a feeling, uh, over this next few days. So are you anticipating that Thursday and then Black Friday with all the college into Saturday and the rivalry games, Sunday's a pretty big week NFL-wise. We'll have your Sunday's big. Uh, this, these, that five-day period, with if you throw in Monday night, uh, got to be as busy as the five days, maybe with the exception of March Madness. Where would you rank the Thanksgiving and Mar- March Madness? Is there is it close? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's close. It's a little more extended for Thanksgiving. I mean, we had the we had the the Roman main event basketball tournament here in Vegas this weekend, right, with Arizona, Michigan, uh, Wichita State, and UNLV, and now the Maui Classic. We've got UCLA playing here. UCLA. We've got Gonzaga here. Duke. I mean, there's a ton <laughs> of college basketball tournaments. As you said, the rivalry games and all the implications with the college football playoff, and then the three games on Thanksgiving and then the Sunday that follows. I, I would go week 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 for week. The eight days starting today and ending next Monday is probably the busiest single week of the year. March Madness, the first two days of sure. it, the busiest 48 hours. Circa Survivor, another knockdown as the Titans knocked 38 people out yesterday. So this, what are we down to? 100 and what? Oh, it's Mike would know. What, what's the number at now, yeah, Mike? We're, I think we're at one, 133. 133. Yeah. And now we're getting to the goofy week where you guys have, of course, the three standalone games on Thursday. That's its own week, if you will, followed by Sunday. How's this going to run out? I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy. We're down to that small of a number. We haven't even hit the tough part, Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving and the Sunday that follows, and then that Christmas mm-hmm. two games and the game before it on Thursday, <laughs> and that Sunday that follows are the gauntlets, right? We went from a month ago having 2,200 people Jeez. to being at 130-something right now. I, don't, I said when we were at 2,200, make a number that there will be nobody that goes 20 and 0, and I think Gil said on the, I asked the question on the Megapod. Gil said it's five to one or better. Hmm. Derek said this, you know, to me yesterday. He said it might be the favorite now that nobody gets through this yeah, thing no. undefeated. Now that we're down to this number, 
Think about this on Thursday night. A lot of people say Dallas, right, mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. All six of these teams that played Thursday lost this weekend. I mean, you're not catching anybody hot. Uh-uh. I mean, do you try to you try to use the Bears? I don't know. The Bills, Saints, both having their own struggles. And then when you look at the week, you know, the, the weekend coming up, it's really tough as well. I mean, what what games are obvious here uh, over the weekend? There's some pretty good matchups. Mm-hmm. Not many big point spreads. I mean, looking at Sunday specifically, uh, look at three and a half, two and a half. Pick them. I guess the biggest favorites, Patriots over Titans, which is sitting at five and a half or six. I mean, that's it. There's nothing else above five. So it's a very tough week. If I was still alive, I might be taking the Texans this weekend. I, on Sunday, I might be taking... Who ta- do they play? They have the Jets coming to town. Oh, that's yeah. That's what we're talking about. What a great contest. I can't wait. Mike, we're going to have this in Iowa this year, right? For 2022, we're going to get this, right? I sure hope so. Yeah. I sure hope that we get enough of a base that we can yeah. run a contest in Iowa because we're... We're so excited about what's going on in Iowa. Good. You know, I'm, I'm doing my show notes for the, the show with them all later today, and, and I'm going to ask them the question, is there a player that's more valuable to his team by his insertion in the lineup than Tyrod Taylor? I mean, this team mm-hmm. is they're, – they're not competitive. They don't mm-hmm. cover three touchdowns uh, <laughs> right. without him when they have the quarterback Mills from Stanford. And with him, this team is very, very competitive. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt in, at halftime in week two, they might have beaten the Browns in Cleveland. It's an interesting. Uh, you're probably right. Um, you know, back to Thanksgiving. I have I've spent the last minute here trying to rack my brain. I mean, Dallas seemed like the play, but C.D. Lamb joins Amari mm-hmm. Cooper on the sidelines now. In all likelihood, boy, this Dallas team. You know, listen. Since we're talking Cowboys, let's talk about the other side team on the other side of the field and what you're seeing in reaction to what the Chiefs have done all of a sudden here. Mike, it looks to me as though they're back. Are the betters betting Super Bowl wise and taking a look into those futures that they're back? Um, where, where, where's the public on the Chiefs as far as their yeah. likelihood of getting back to the Super Bowl and maybe winning? They're back. Their odds have dropped back down. You know, uh, three weeks ago, you could have got them at like plus 230 to win the AFC West. Maybe it was a month ago when they were in last place. And now they're going to be the prohibitive favorite again, like what they were. You know, they were they were like what were they, minus 350 before the season started. They're going to be up over minus $2 again to win. I mean, and the story is the defense. Mm-hmm. This is this is yeah. three consecutive games the defense has played very well. And, you know, who, who wants it, right? I mean, who's playing the best in the AFC right now? It's probably mm-hmm. Chiefs, Colts, Patriots. Patriots yeah. Right? I, I mean, those are the three teams that have been the most consistent over the last month. And I kept telling them all two weeks ago, tell me why the Patriots can't win the AFC East. That they'll never beat the Bills. I'm not so sure. The, you, the, the Bills are so inconsistent and. Josh Allen has looked like Josh Allen from two years ago the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, you asked me that question when we were sitting beside each other in Jefferson on that day a couple of weeks ago. I thought you were crazy. I don't know why the Patriots are pulling this off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They can do it. Um, Circus Sports, of course, you can download the app in the App Store. It is available here in Iowa, Trent. Speaking of Iowa, the Hawkeyes go on the road over to Nebraska Black Friday. It's fun, become a fun tradition here with the border rivals. I was surprised at the number, you guys, as you always open up the numbers for college football. I expected Nebraska maybe to be a favorite, but it was four when you guys opened it up. See it currently at three and a half at Circa. Uh, take us in here. I, I know people that maybe aren't big betters are just dipping their toe. Oh, nine and two against three and eight. How in God's name could Nebraska be covered? Fill us in. I, 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 you know, I would look at the game at Wisconsin. Yeah and tell you that Nebraska probably dom- dominated that game, although they didn't win it. Mm-hmm. Statistically, when you look at that game on yards from, from scrimmage, Nebraska was the better team. Wisconsin had the run back. 
Uh, I don't know what Frost is doing saving his timeouts at the end there. Why would he take two times? I mean, even if he gets the pass interference on the fourth down play, he only got one play left. What's he saving his timeouts? Is he so afraid of Graham Mertz's quick strike ability? <laughs> I mean, I would have thought he would have went for two anyhow in that spot to win it at the end yep, if there was less yeah. than 30 seconds left. Look, I was very pedestrian. We know this. They played above their head. They got the luck with the injury to the Penn State quarterback. They were kind of exposed against Purdue. Couldn't run the ball at all against Wisconsin. Uh, you know, they just don't have anything explosive from the quarterback position, and they play with such a thin margin of error that I understand that I, I would have probably made this game close to a pick. Maybe Nebraska won. I think over a field goal is a little bit out of line. Since Scott Frost has been in Lincoln, 22 times his teams have trailed in the fourth quarter with five minutes or less to go and had the ball with a chance to take the lead or tie the game. They're two for 22. Oh, They're two for 22. They just don't perform in the clutch here. And I would think maybe if you like the Hawkeyes here, maybe a money line play is in order. Yeah, it makes, make, yeah, makes perfect sense, Mike Palm. Our final uh, 90 seconds with you. Real real quick on Ohio State. What do you guys, uh, what's the reaction to what Ohio State looks like? Of course, Michigan looms. Might Ohio State, State be the, uh, the one team that uh, can beat that vaunted Georgia defense? That offense versus that defense? Sign me up. Well, I tell you, Stroud looked awful good. I don't know how you play a better half of football than what he played against Michigan State in the first half. And, I mean, he's rolling right and throwing the ball to the left sideline. He's rolling left and throwing the ball. He showed tremendous arm strength. That quarterback is so far from what he was in the game against Oregon in week three, right? They, yeah. they, they are just explosive. I can't see this number staying at seven. I think we're going to get hit with Ohio State money here, even though we're a Michigan place with Derek's Michigan connection. <laughs> I was talking to Matt Metcalf Friday night, and I said, what do you make this number? Now, that's obviously before Michigan trounced Maryland and, and Ohio State destroyed Michigan State. He said his true number on this game is about five and a half, but he doesn't know if he can open it there because we'll get all one-sided mm-hmm. money. After that Ohio State performance, he said, let's go with seven and see where the money takes us. I have to think this number is going to get eight, eight and a half, nine. We are out of time. Mike Palm, Circus Sports is in Iowa. You can download the app. Go to the App Store, Circus Sports Iowa. They are here. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, Mike Palm. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, guys, and to all your listeners. Good to talk to you. Mike Palm, Circus Sports, Hour 2 coming up next.